Nicholas Harley Shin was an 18-year-old from Ripley, West Virginia. He had an older brother and was named after his aunt. During the day of June 25th, 2003, Nicholas was at an apartment hanging out with friends, although he had had a run-in with a guy there a couple years before. The group said Nicholas walked off. He was never seen again. I'm Ed Densel, and this is Unfound. As a 51-year-old, I don't remember the title of today's episode being a phrase or cliche or idiom when I was growing up. In fact, I don't even remember it being a popular saying until the 21st century. People now say it for all sorts of reasons, but the most frequent use seems to be when somebody gets asked about a current romantic relationship and Sir Ben Kingsley used it to comedic effect in Iron Man 3. Whoever says this two-word phrase is essentially saying, I really don't have time to explain, and even if I did, you wouldn't understand anyway. There also tends to be a sense of, I don't want to tell you because I know you'll judge me thing going on, with the saying as well. The English language due to its design, tends to lend itself very well to being able to explain something with very few words. I bring this up because with the disappearance of Nicholas Shin, although the facts are not numerous, they could lend themselves to a variety of interpretations. Making the analysis, well, it's complicated. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Lyonez's website, charlieproject.org. Nicholas Shin, for only being 18, was a family guy. He was close to his mother and other family members. In fact, Nicholas was named after his aunt and not an uncle. Yes, you heard that right. His aunt. He wasn't much into sports, but Nicholas loved to skateboard. Despite his good nature, though, Nicholas had some issues. He dropped out of high school and didn't get a job. So money was always a problem. In addition, Nicholas had started dabbling in drugs, although the extent to which is unclear. So, on June 25th, 2003, Nicholas was at an apartment where two young men his age lived, Joey, who was a longtime friend, and Jonathan, a guy who had a run-in with Nicholas a couple years before. There were also two girls there. Nicholas was upset that Holly was giving more attention to Jonathan than to himself. He tried to talk to Joey about it, but Joey was going to take a nap and said they would talk later. After this, according to Jonathan, Holly, 
and the other girl, Nicholas came back downstairs, went out the door, and never came back. They had no idea where he was going. Nicholas was never seen again. Searches of the area yielded no clues, although the main theory was that Nicholas somehow ended up in a nearby creek that was overflowing at the time. In any disappearance, when there is a combination of jealousy, previous bad blood, and probable drug use, foul play can certainly be a good theory. However, when you add in dangerous territory or waters nearby, the number of possibilities rises quickly. So for all of you, my suggestion is to analyze these three questions very closely as you listen to the interview. Number one, could at least three people really keep their mouths shut if foul play occurred in the apartment 18 years ago? Number two, is it logical to believe that Nicholas ended up in the nearby Raging Creek due to him being lovesick over Holly? And number three, what are we to make of recent posts by Jonathan where he made comments that Nicholas's family insists are lies? Nicholas's family is open to different possibilities regarding his disappearance. The guest for this episode is Nicholas's aunt, Nikki Salser. Unfound news. Although I continue to say I don't keep track of unfound's numbers, and I don't, not even I can ignore what I've seen from the Potomatic chart over the past three weeks. Crazy download numbers. I'm not sure all of it is real. However, I'm certainly convinced that getting featured on Amazon greatly raised Unfound's profile. A huge welcome to all the new listeners. Next, it's getting to the point where I can't keep track of every place Unfound can be found. A listener recently told me that the program is on Pandora, which is news to me. Why is it news? Because I really don't set up these agreements. My podcast host, Podomatic, does. So I need to thank them for building new partnerships with all these content providers. Finally, if you've heard the rumor, I want to verify that it's true. Yes, I will be testifying for the prosecution in the Steve Pankey murder trial in October. That's all I can say at this time but I will happily talk about the entire experience after the trial is over. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Pandora, Audible, Podomatic, iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Deezer, and YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, please join us for the Unfound live show on the Unfound podcast channel. Watch, listen, and become a subscriber. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast. You can also contribute to PayPal, paypal.me forward slash unfoundpodcast. I also need to give a huge shout out to all the people who have monetarily contributed using Super Chat during the live show on YouTube on Wednesday nights. 
Thank you for watching, and thank you for donating. The email address, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. Merchandise, the books at amazon.com in both ebook and print form. Do not forget the reviews. Shirts at unfound-podcast.myshopify.com or you can track down my assistant, Heather, in the Facebook group. Playing cards at makeplayingcards.com forward slash sell forward slash unfoundpodcast. The website, theunfoundpodcast.com. And please mention unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the aunt of Nicholas Shin, Nikki Salser. Nikki, welcome to Unfound. Thank you. Uh, let's start here. I, I do have to ask you this. I mean, his name is Nicholas and your name is Nikki. Is that a uh, coincidence or or something else? Was that no. was that planned or what? No, he, he was named after me, yes. He was named after you. Mm-hmm. He was, okay. Uh, and is Nicholas's mother your sister, or how are you How are you, Nicholas's aunt? Yes, his mom is my sister. Okay. Uh, pro- uh, I, I'm guessing that you must, um, must have been very, or still are, very close to his mother for her to do that. How did that all come about when Nicholas was born, to, uh, that he got your name? How did that come about? Well, uh, we are close, but I mean, I, it was... I think mostly because when um, I was 10 months old, our mother passed away. And then Mm. when I was three and a half, I was adopted. But our families were intertwined, so I always knew my real family, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think it was more, it was something along that, you know, those lines. Yeah. All right. And so you had a special place in your, uh, in Nicholas's mother. Uh, What is her name, by the way? Anita. Anita. And so you and Anita were very close, and that's how she decided you know, you're very special to her, and she gave her son the name Nicholas. Yes. Wow, you must have, uh, you must have been very uh, proud to be a part of that. I was. You must have been very giddy or knowing that. Yeah. You know, naming a child is a oh. big deal, so that's um, very, very special for her to do that. Okay. Um, so in your family, of course, Anita, like you said, is your, is your sister, Nicholas is her son. What can you say a little bit about, uh, Nicholas? Does he have other siblings? Um, let's talk a little bit about that. Yes. He has a brother named Jeremy. Okay. And and that's it. No sisters. No. Okay. All right. So Anita just has uh, two children. Yes. Okay. All right, and I, I should ask, uh, Anita, you, uh, your older sister, younger sister? She's the oldest of the five of us, and I'm the oh, baby. Okay, and then she, uh, of course, has uh, two kids, Nicholas and Jeremy, and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Jeremy uh, later uh, in, in this uh, episode, in this interview. So let's just talk a little bit about uh, Nicholas himself. Um, of course, this disappearance is 18 years old now, but what do you remember about him? How much interaction did you have with him? Let's, you know, go back, going back to him, you know, being, you know, 10 years old into his teenage years. Uh, what are some things that, um, you know, jump out at you uh, about Nicholas? 
Well, Nick, um, uh, he was probably around 11, 12 when he started. He would come to my house on the weekends, every weekend after school on Friday night. And I would take him back home on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And so he was there till he was like, that went on till he was like 14. Uh-huh. And, you know, then he became a teenager, you know, and started doing teenage boy things. Yeah. So he wanted to hang out with his buddies on the weekends. So he was still a aunt, but, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, do, do you have children, Nikki? Yes, I do. Okay. And how, how did, uh, I guess they were there when you, when Nick, uh, Nicholas would come over to your place. How did your children and, and Nicholas all get along? Oh, they got along fine. It was just like, you know, he was always there, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, were, <laughs> your, were, were your children around his age? Of course, he was uh, only 18 when he went missing, but were your children around his age? My son is um, four and a half years younger than him, and my daughter was... Goodness. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, to help you out, Nicholas would be 36 now. How old is she now? Well, she's 24. So Okay, so she's yeah. quite a bit younger. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So um, you had a son that was uh, four and a half years older and then a daughter that was way uh, younger uh, than Nicholas. Okay, yeah. so he would come over. You'd hang out. Um, was he into school? My son was. Please. My son was four years younger. Yeah, four year, four years younger. Okay, okay four years younger. Okay, I'm sorry. That's all right. So was uh, Nicholas uh, into sports and music? Uh, you know, of course, West Virginia. Uh, I'm from Pennsylvania, so when I think of West Virginia, I think it was very mountainous state. It was into hunting and things like that. What were some of Nicholas in- Nicholas's uh, interests that you remember? Nick's big interest. I mean, he liked listening to music, of course, but. His biggest interest when he was younger was skateboarding. Skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> that's not something I ever get into. I, of course, when I think of skateboarding, I think of uh, people, uh, guys and women uh, getting injuries, uh, breaking bones. Uh, how good of a skateboarder was he? Oh, he was no Tony Hawk, but, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> He was way more balanced than I was. So. Okay. <laughs> he was. He was. He was okay at it. Okay. All right. So he was into skateboarding. Uh, did he participate in any sports or anything like that, or was that was it? No. Okay. That was it. All right. And what about school? Of course, we have to remember he was just eighteen. Um, was he still in high school when he went missing, or maybe did he drop out of high school, or you know what was his status at that time? He had dropped out by then. Had he? Okay. Why do you think that was? He just, Nick was always, you know, a sensitive kind of kid. Not like whiny sense, but, you know, he always worried that people didn't like him or, Mm. you know, that he wasn't measuring up. And and even though he didn't need to worry about that, you know, Mm. but he just, he just didn't get along well in school. Okay. What kind of, uh, I'm guessing he had other friends who were skateboarders. What do you remember about uh, the friends that he had? Uh, once again, going back to this time, I realized you were not his mother, but maybe running into him <laughs> once in a while. You know, his friends, you know, as a teenager, 
uh, hanging out. Um, a lot of friends. Was he like an extrovert, introvert? He had quite a few friends, yeah. I really didn't have a whole lot of dealings with them unless they popped in, you know, when they were out running around. You know, it was usually a different one here and there, you know, but mm-hmm. he, he, you know, more or less just hung out with the same people, kind of, you know. They didn't have a great big group, but, you know. Okay. He'd always mention the same names and stuff. Okay, and one one of those guys is uh, Joey, a guy that we're going to be talking about here. Uh, yes. Eventually, he's one of uh, um, Nicholas's friends. In fact, you still uh, have contact with Joey. And of course, we're going to talk about that. Um, Nicholas, have any uh, problems with the law or anything like that? Well, he had gotten in trouble for truancy. For not going to school. But yeah, but uh, that was really the only only problem that he'd had mm-hmm. okay. that I can recall. <laughs> okay. And uh, what about his home life? Uh, the way you understand it, once again, Anita, his mother is your sister, uh, close with his family. Um, you know, like, you know, was he, uh, I don't know, was he a, a mama's boy or was he more independent? How would you uh, typify his status in his family was with his mother and other people? He was more more independent, you know, did his own little thing, you know, mm-hmm. and as he got an older teenager, he did his own thing more and more. Okay. Did he have any uh, jobs? Did he, uh, being that he dropped out of uh, school, uh, what was he doing uh, to pass the time? That I'm not exactly sure of, but no, he, I, he never had any, um, like, Mm-hmm. Uh, tax paying jobs, we'll say. I'm uh, sure he did odd jobs here and there. Okay. Maybe, but. okay, so he didn't like work at a McDonald's or at a Walmart or, you mm-hmm. know, job, you know, no. typical jobs that, you know, entry level jobs that teenagers might have. Delivering pizzas, things like no. that. Okay. No. All right, so that's a little bit about uh, Nicholas. How about, um, of course, we're going to be talking about uh, one young woman in particular. We're only going to use her first name. But what about uh, women relationships? What can you say about that? Well, there was a girl he had dated from about the time he was 15 till shortly before he went missing, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she was a little bit older than him. She, I think she was like close to three years older than him or what? right at three years older than him. Okay. And I'm not sure why they ever broke up or whatever, but... He was with her for a good while, and then the other girl that we're going to talk about was somebody that, you know, had he'd started hanging out with in just the time, short time before, I'm assuming, because that's okay. the first time I saw her. Okay. All right, and around this time, let's just say, of course, uh, we know that he disappeared uh, during the summer of 2003, but... You know, maybe during uh, that, that year, let's just go back to the beginning of 2003, January. How often would you say that you personally uh, would run into him or, or, or talk to him or maybe you're talking to his mother and the topic of Nicholas would come up? How often would you say those types of things would happen during those first six months of 2003? Well, at this point... You know, he's 18. He turned 18 in February. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, feeling a little bit of the wild oats, you know, <laughs> and it, I'm not exactly sure the time frame, but he had went to Florida with some friends for mm. a couple weeks or so, and then they'd come back. And I mean, I'd see him every, I'm not sure exactly a time, but he'd pop in and out, you know. Okay. And of course, whenever I talked to his mom, you know, she'd tell me what he was doing or, mm-hmm. you know, if he was there when we were talking or stuff like that. But, okay. I mean, he kind of, you know, was a little less around me yeah. around that time. He's, uh, he's 18. He's doing his own thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's nothing personal against you or anything. The 18-year-olds oh, have, their, have their own things uh, to do. Um, how, uh, maybe I should ask you this being that you're, uh, did you live close to where he was living at the time? Did you live close to his mother? Um, how, how, how close did all of you live there in West Virginia? Um, I think I'd, I'd say from where I lived to where his mom lived would probably have been 10 to 15 miles. It wasn't really far. So not far. No. If you wanted to all see each other, wouldn't take too much to do that. Pretty close. No, no, no. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, um, so we have all of that going on. And would you say, once again, the way you remember it, in, in talking to uh, his mother at the time, would you say that, um, you know, did she ever express any worry? Um, not any huge worries or anything just you know the typical teenager you know pushing boundaries you know mm-hmm. they're 18 they can do whatever they want type things right. you know right and my understanding at this time is that uh jeremy uh his brother is an older brother and that nicholas was living with him uh, yeah during the, su- during the summer jeremy and his wife at the time of that summer of 2003 so it's not like uh, Nicholas is living at home where, you know, his mother would maybe see him almost every day. Okay. No, no. All right. Let's move on to this. And the only reason we talk about a topic such as this is we know how um, the this topic can be connected to disappearances quite often. But did Nicholas uh, have any addictions? Was Did he t- do drugs? Um, did he become an addict? What do you know about this? I wouldn't have called him an addict, you know, it wasn't like, from, from my knowledge at least, anything that, you know, he had to have to, to, to function or anything, because yeah. one kid, he smoked pot and, um, you know, did the dumb teenage stuff like huffing propane and okay. um, taking, I, I guess, if you take enough cold medicine, it's supposed uh, to be like an acid trip so they mm, do that and okay. you know stuff like that it, there was no hardcore stuff okay like uh, not downgrading it at all but all right Hero- yeah. heroin what about uh methamphetamine yeah. i started thinking about cold medicine and i know that can be an ingredient in in crystal meth anything like that but to your once again to your knowledge no this was like this was like cough syrup okay. type okay medicine okay all right so he uh, dabbled in a, in a little bit of that, but in your opinion, was not a huge issue? 
No. Okay. All right. So you had that going on. Uh, let's move into this, maybe this other issue. And we you talked about this other relationship <laughs> that he had, but there was a, 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 a young woman, uh, I hesitate to call her a girl, but a young woman that uh, her na first name is Holly, that he was interested in. What do you know about their interaction, you know, in the, in the days or weeks before he went missing? Because she will play a role here in a moment. But what what is your understanding regarding that 18 years later? Well, I mean, as far as I knew, they were, they never dated, okay? Mm -hmm. But they ran around um, a lot because he brought her to my house uh, two or three times. Okay. In the, like, a couple months before this all happened. Mm -hmm. But they never they never dated, but he had a crush on her. Okay, so um, he, had a, he had a thing for her, but maybe she didn't have a thing for him? Maybe? Uh, maybe. Okay. But Nick was one of the kids, too, that wouldn't have come right out and said anything. You know, he was real shy when it came to that. Okay. Um... What did you think of her? Nice girl? I thought she was, yes. Okay. All right. I mean, she even started calling me Aunt Nikki, too, so. Oh, did she? All right. Well, that's, yeah. that's kind of nice. All right. Uh, and one more issue, uh, and we're going to talk about this because uh, this guy was in close proximity uh, to uh, where Nicholas was when he went missing. Uh, there's a guy named Jonathan. We're not going to use his last name, but... Um, Let's just say that his last name would be easy to find if people look. Um, you told me that there was this guy, Jonathan, who he and Nicholas had had some sort of beef. I don't know what year it was or what month it was or how long before the disappearance occurred. But what can you say about this? Is this something that maybe goes back to when Nicholas was in height, still in school? What do you know about it? Yes. Yes, they were like 14 Oh, is what I was told. I mean, okay. this isn't anything Nick ever told me. Okay. But his brother told me that they had had a problem and gotten into it and argued, and, mm -hmm. and they just really didn't like each other. Okay. And so we have to remember, uh, so 14, that would have been like 1999 or something. So like four years before the disappearance. Yes. Okay. All right. And do you happen to know that did it rise to the level of them getting into a fight, you know, throwing punches or anything, or is this just uh, a lot of posturing? Yeah, back then, back then it did. That's the oh, only time I know of them fighting. Okay. But, okay. Know. All right. And so everybody should remember uh, the names Holly and Jonathan for later. So when you think back to. Uh, the summer of 2003. What was going on uh, in your life at the time, uh, you know, in June, you know, when this disappearance happened, what was going on with you? Um, nothing major, you know, just mm -hmm. being a mom, working, and, you know, trying to raise those two kids. <laughs> okay. And uh, at that point... When do you think was the last time you la the last time you either last saw him or last talked to Nicholas before he went missing? Any recollection of that? It would have been probably at the most a month, but more like maybe three weeks mm -hmm. before then. Okay. Did you see him or just talk to him, like on the phone or something? I'd seen him. You saw him. Him. 
him and Holly and her friend, they'd always drive them around and stop by my house. Okay. All right. So, and anything that you and your interaction, that last interaction that you had with him thought, you know, Nick, Nicholas isn't acting like himself. He looks worried. He looks stressed out. He looks this way. He looks that way. Um, anything that might, uh, you look back now and say, well, you know, that's kind of weird. Anything like that? No. I mean, he was just his goofy self. Okay. All right. Now, I, I do have to ask you this, though, before we get to that day uh, of the disappearance that I have read, um, and might, I might even have it in my notes, that it, it was known maybe that Nicholas once in a while would kind of just quote-unquote disappear uh, for a few days at a time. Uh, is that true? Um, or is that news to you? Is that how you remember him? Anybody ever say anything like that to you? You know, where, you know, he would just be out of contact with the people who cared about him most for days at a time. Well, yeah. I mean, he would go and stay at his friend's house, you know, and then he'd, a night or two, and then he'd resurface, and okay. then he'd take off and go hang out with this one, you know. Okay. But nothing uh, that, uh, once again, the way you remembered, anything that ever got anybody worried? No. No. Okay. And what kind of area, of course, we're going to mention the town right now, Ripley, West Virginia. Uh, I've been to West Virginia many times. I don't think that I've been to Ripley. I've been to Charleston. Um, you know, when I drive back to Pennsylvania to see my dad, I, I go through uh, West, Virgi uh, West Virginia uh, and pay a couple tolls mm -hmm. in that state. But uh, Ripley, mm -hmm. West Virginia, how would you explain uh, that town, the size of it? What would you say about that town? It's just a small town. It, I mean, it's the county seat of this of Jackson County, but it's still just a small, small, it's a rural town. Okay. All right. I mean, no mall, no anything no, like that. No, and in fact, this is going to be a topic that uh, it didn't even have a Walmart at the time of uh, Nicholas's disappearance, did it? It did. Didn't, but it, it they, did. It did. Oh, it did. Okay. It did, but it wasn't a super center, so right. then they built the super center. Okay, they built the super center, and that's going to super center, and that's going to be a part of our discussion later. Okay, so these are some of the things uh, that were going on uh, with Nicholas. Uh, being that you said he went to Florida, uh, but he didn't have a job, do you know where he was getting his money? Where you know was he mooching off people? No. Any any ideas uh, regarding that? I I have no idea what, where he was getting it. Um, mm -hmm. It was him and a bunch of his friends, well, you know, a few of his friends, and they went down there. One of their friends had moved down there, so they went and stayed with them. Okay. All right. So we just don't know um, about that. But I never knew of Nick to be out there thieving and okay. breaking into anything or anything like that. Nothing. No. Okay. So that was what was going on uh, with Nicholas, uh, to the best of our knowledge, uh, back in the uh, year of 2003. Sounds pretty common. Of course, we're maybe going to worry about uh, some of the, maybe the drug issues that we talked about, but we've surely talked about worse stuff than that on this program. So just uh, a lot of normal teenage stuff. Uh, and so that was what was going on with him. So we move up to that day of his disappearance and the accepted day uh, all these years later is June 15th, 
2003, and I, we realized that you were not at the house when all of this happened, but no. what is your uh, best understanding about how, uh, you know, where Nicholas started that day, how did he end up at this house, whose house is it, who was there, all of that stuff. Why don't we cover that before we get into, you know, what has been said about him actually going missing. You know, how did he end up at the house? Where was he, et cetera? Um, I'm not sure how he ended up over there, but he was friends with Joey, and Joey lived there with Jonathan at the apartment. All right. So when you say Jonathan, this is the guy that Nicholas had a beef with four years before that. Yes. Okay. And Joey, though, is a good friend of Nicholas. Yes. All right. So we have Joey who's a really good friend of Nicholas. And then we have this Jonathan guy who, uh, by our best accounts, um, you know, maybe they had resolved their differences by that time, but uh, not as close to Nicholas as Joey was. No. All right. But those two are living together. All right. Right. All right. And the listeners should know that I will be doing an accompanying uh, YouTube video uh, showing you uh, where this house is and the surrounding area and some of the points that we'll be talking about uh, in, in, you know, as we go through this. So, uh, did, to your knowledge, did uh, Nicholas go over there often? I'm guessing, you know, that Joey was there. If they, huh, sure, but Jonathan's there. Maybe that might turn Nicholas off. What do you know about how often he would go over there um, to hang out and do whatever? I guess it was frequent then. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know anything about Jonathan okay. or that Jimmy and him lived there until the, he, Nick went missing. Okay. All right. And so he, uh, Nicholas is over there. Do you think that he spent the previous night there? Did he, did he get right over there? I know we've talked about this before. Is it even clear how he got over there that day, 18 years later? Through hearsay, my my niece had an apartment there, and mm -hmm. her older sister has said that she took him over there, but she's never told me where from or okay. why or whatever. But, you know, it wasn't far from Jeremy's house. He could have walked there. He could have walked there. All right. Well, that's maybe yeah. possible, too. But somehow, one way or the other, he ends up at this this house where Joey and Jonathan are roommates. And who else, to your knowledge, was at the house that day on June 15th, 2003, besides Joey and Jonathan? Well, from what I was told 18 years ago, it was Joey, Jonathan, Nicholas, Holly, and her friend. All right, so, driver. so this is the Holly that uh, Nicholas had a crush on. Yes. All right. And is it true that maybe Holly and Jonathan had a thing going on? Yes, they were dating. Okay. And then Holly is there with another one of her friends, so a female friend? Yes. All right. So we got uh, five, three guys, two girls, so a total of five as far as we can tell in this house on that day. Once again, realizing yeah. you were not in the house, but what is the story? What was the story, at least at the time, as to what they say happened 
for Nick to go missing from that house. And maybe, you know, if you could put in, you know, what time of day it was, was it in the morning, afternoon, night? Um, you know, what is the story as to Nick's movements in that house before he went missing? Um, well, I was over there. I went over with another boy that Nick had grown up with. And I was talking to Joey and Jonathan, and Joey really did all the talking. And Jonathan just agreed and shook his head mostly. All right, we have to set something and, up. Well, hold on, we have to set this up, Nikki. This is after Nicholas went missing. Yeah. All right. So, so I, I don't know all right, so specifically Nick, if it was night or day. Okay. I'm assuming night the way they talked. Okay. All right, so what you're saying is after Nicholas went missing, you actually went over to the house and you got the story verbatim from the people who were there from joey and jonathan okay. the girls weren't there great and what did they say uh joey told me that he had come up to joey's room because he wanted to talk to joey because he was you know had the crush on holly and it, it mm. upset him that she was dating jonathan and they were sitting on the couch okay. together and joey um was tired or, or something, and he, he said, can we just talk about this later, Nick? And Nick said yes. And then he walked back downstairs, and then Joey was told, because he was upstairs, and right. the rest of them were downstairs, sure. that Nick walked out the back door, and no one saw him again. Okay, and so being downstairs, of course, then we have Jonathan, we have Holly, and we have this other girl. Uh, do you know this girl's mm -hmm. name? Once again, just her first name to make this a little easier. Do you know the, the name of this other girl? I'm pretty sure through looking back through my messages, it was yeah. Bree. Bree. All right. So Jonathan, mm -hmm. Holly, and Bree are downstairs. Joey's upstairs, uh, maybe going to take a nap or something. And what these other three say is that Nick came downstairs, went out the door, and that was that. Yeah. Okay. Did they, uh, have they ever said to you or anybody else where they thought Nick was going? No. Okay. Don't know if he was uh, headed home. Don't know if he was just, you know, going for a walk. Nothing like that. We just don't know. They just said he walked yeah. out and left. Yeah, Jonathan, you know, in later stories has said that he heard the door slam mm -hmm. and they never saw him again. Okay. But so the three are just saying, yeah, he came downstairs did they say, well, he, you know, did he say something to him like, I'm out of here or I'll catch you guys later or I'll be back in an hour? Any words exchanged? Anything like that? Did they say anything like that? No. All right. And okay. All right. And you, once again, you were over there, Jonathan. You looked Jonathan right in the eye 18 years ago. And being that Joey was not the witness, but Jonathan is, that's what he said. Yes. Okay. So, uh, okay. So being that you did went over there and we, uh, did go over there. And uh, of course, by this time, of course you would have known that he was missing, but how did you find out that, uh, Nicholas was missing? How did, you know, who was the first person that said, you know what? We haven't seen Nicholas in a while. Um, how did that all get started after this particular date? Once again, of June 15th, 2003, how did it all get started that, Somebody said, you know what? I think Nicholas is missing. What, what do you remember? See, no one can tell me who first initially 
noticed that he, I would assume, you know, Jeremy got to questioning why he hadn't been home, but um, nobody can tell me who got it rolling, but my brother, Steve, told me that he was missing. Okay, and do you remember uh, how many days that was after uh, that day of June 15th? If I'm uh, sorry, if I remember correctly, it was like two weeks. Wow, it took that long. Yeah, I guess. It, I mean, because okay. like I said, Nick would disappear, you know. Okay, so it took that long for you to find out. And it you believe that it was Jeremy, being that Nicholas was living with Jeremy, that first kind of said, you know what, he hasn't been back to the house in a while. Yes. Okay. And once again, who told you about Nicholas uh, being missing? My brother Steve called me because he had talked okay. to Jeremy and we all okay. went over there. Okay. And what were those first conversations like? What did, do you remember thinking, you know, um, what were you thinking? Uh, and when did it come up and all this? And I remember, I, you know, I realized this is 18 years ago, 18 years ago, but when did it first come up that, oh, yeah, Nicholas was over at Joey and Jonathan's house? Do you remember how early that came on? How did anybody even know that? I'm not sure how anybody knew where he was. Okay. Other than the fact that my niece, is, my niece mm -hmm. had an apartment okay. right in the next building. All right. And so maybe she was the one that said... Once again, I realize some of these details get lost after 18 years, but I like to be very specific uh, regarding this stuff, and I know the listeners uh, know that I'm like this. So it's very possible that she knew uh, that Nicholas was over there, being that she lived in the same complex, and then when she might have found out that he was missing and said, oh, yeah, well, he was over at Joey and Jonathan's. That's that's possible. That would be my best assumption, yes. That's, that's the uh, All right, so... Then you, I guess, once again, it would have been two weeks later then that you went over and talked to Joey and Jonathan in the conversation that we've already discussed. Actually, me, my brother, Steve, and Jeremy all went over there and was wow. talking to our niece. Wow. And then I went over there on a, a few days later by myself. Okay. You, by yourself, went over there and talked to Joey and Jonathan. Yes. Okay. Well, me and another boy that knew them. Okay. In your opinion, when you started talking to them, did they know already that Nicholas was missing? The way you remember it. I, I just didn't get a really good feeling. I mean, uh, we don't want to. We want to. I, I don't want to talk about feelings. I just want to ask you: When you were talking to them, do you think that they realized that Nicholas was missing? There was a shirt hanging on the wall that said was it was in memory of him until he comes back. When you showed up. There. But they knew he was missing. All right. Yes. So that cer certainly would be a sign that they knew he was missing if they had a shirt up and I guess wrote marker on it or something. No, it was just hanging on the wall. And, and was it Nicholas's shirt? I'm not sure. I mean, okay. it was just a T-shirt. Okay. Huh. Uh, did it have anything written on it? How did you know that it was dedicated to Nicholas who was missing? How did you know that? Because Jonathan told me. Oh, that's what he said. Okay. That's his exact uh, words. All right. At the time, once again, in that conversation, did they have any opinion on what could have happened, being that 
they were the last people to encounter him and see him. Did they have any opinion on what could have happened to Nick when you talked to them over two weeks later? No. It was just he went out the door and they had no clue. All right. They didn't have any theories, didn't offer up their own opinion. Well, the 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 biggest theory was maybe he went back down to visit the same friends in Florida that they had went and seen that him and his friends had went and seen before. Okay. But that didn't happen. Okay. So we're already a couple weeks into this, and um, so it took a a while for anybody to really realize that Nicholas was missing, and uh, two weeks is a long time in a disappearance. So that that is unfortunate. Uh, Who was the person uh, who filed uh, the missing persons report? Do you know? I have no idea. Okay, well, somebody did. And who is responsible? Does Ripley have a police department, or is it the sheriff's office? Who is now responsible for Nick's disappearance? Um, Originally, it was the city. Okay. But I also know that the sheriff's office was listed as a contact number. Okay. In in the news write-up. Yeah. And I think it is, uh, I think it's still with the city now. Okay. Because it's still an open case, of course. Okay. So once again, going back to 2003, people finally realize uh, Nick was missing. I'm guessing this is, uh, did he have a cell phone? No. No. All right. And so besides Nick being missing, uh, did he have any ID? Uh, wallet, anything like that. Are those things also missing with him? He never had an ID. Never did. Okay. <laughs> All right. So once uh, it was discovered that he's missing, you go speak to his friends. We now know the story. He was there and allegedly he walked off. Uh, any searches done in that area and how many people were involved? Um what can you talk about that? And then we'll talk a little bit more about, um, you know, let's just talk about when the first search or searches were done. Um, I'm not exactly sure the dates or it wasn't, you know, it was within the, that two week span that they, um, I was told they took a cadaver dog down mm-hmm. the banks of Mill Creek. Okay. And didn't find anything. Didn't find anything. And so, all right, so it took a little while. Once again, if it took you two weeks to find out that he was missing, uh, then the searches, I guess, weren't done for that amount of time as well. Right. Okay. Um, and then my, please. my sister's boyfriend and a friend of his took a boat all the way to the end of Mill Creek, you know, looking to see mm-hmm. if they saw anything on the banks and they didn't see anything either. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that area. And once again, for the listeners, I will have done a, uh, by the time you are hearing my voice and Nikki's voice, I will have posted uh, a YouTube video diagramming some of this, but, um, that area you, you talked about this Creek and there's like a reservoir there. Um, what do you know about, uh, that reservoir, that Creek? Were they high at the time? Uh, it had been raining a lot. You know, I don't know. Does it rain a lot in in June in West Virginia? I really don't know. What do you know about those particular bodies of water? And there had been a horrible flood. It was a strong enough flood to wash trailers out of a trailer park up underneath a bridge. 
and the water was completely up to the edge of the hillside out of bank. Wow. And this happened right around the time that Nicholas went missing? Yes. Wow. Okay, so the reservoir would have been high. This local creek, uh, this mill creek would have been high at the time as well. Yes. All right, and they are in uh, close proximity to this apartment where all these people were. Yes, the creek would have been just as high as it was out of bank. It would have been just a matter of a feet mm, okay. away from the Okay, and, and, all right, and I'm guessing, of course, if he went into a reservoir, I've, I'm thinking that his remains or his body would have been found uh, fairly quickly. Do you know if there's a fence uh, around that reservoir or a fence around this creek uh, in that area? Is there any sort of barrier between uh, the apartment and, you know, sometimes there is, you know, to denote, you know, like private property from public property? Do you know uh, going back to 2003? Um. It was all wooded area then. Okay. I don't know who owned it or whatever, but I, I don't know of any fences. Okay. But I was really never down through the creek either. Okay. So, Did you um, and any of your other family you ever uh, get together, go walking through those woods? Um, you know, what I would say in like a east-northeast direction uh, from the apartment complex? Did you ever, anybody go up into the woods? I know there was a dog, but any people get together and start wa walking through those woods? Just looking around? Well, me, me and the boy that took me over there that day, we walked as far as we could get down the bank. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't very far. But like I said, my sister's boyfriend and his friend took a boat down the creek from right about where the apartments are to the very end of the creek where it empties out into the river. Okay. All <laughs> right. So this is, uh, of course, uh, as many of the listeners know, that when we start talking about disappearances and we start talking about bodies of water that are very close to where uh, a person was last seen, uh, that always generates a lot of uh, questions um, for a lot of very good reasons. Uh, the listeners know that I'm not a fan or a supporter of the smiley face uh, killer theory or anything, but I do recognize that uh, many young people, mainly men, uh, you know, it seems oftentimes are, times are found in bodies of water, but we have to remember that um, one of these places was a reser reservoir, which if his body would have been in there, it would have been found very, fairly quickly on this creek. Maybe that's a little more, um, you know, maybe there's some possibilities there. Or maybe he went in a totally different direction, but we do have to talk about that. Okay. Now, uh, earlier, uh, we talked about how the, maybe that area has changed in the last 18 years. You'd, we talked about this Walmart. There was a Walmart, but at some point, they built even a bigger Walmart not too far away, correct? Correct. All right. And... Um, I'm guessing, you know, when they were doing the excavating, uh, no remains found or, or anything like that. No. All right. Because I was able to, the listeners should know that I was able to uh, go back and uh, go on uh, Google Earth Pro and go back to 2003 and see how that area changed. And there were woods and then suddenly there's a Walmart standing there, um, but nothing found regarding that. Nothing that we that anybody ever heard of. No. Okay. 
All right, you had mentioned this uh, before, uh, but we're going to talk about it now. Uh, Jonathan, at some point, of course, you and you and spoke to, to Jonathan and Joey roughly two weeks after Nick went missing. Jonathan told a story about a child. Why don't you tell the listeners what he said? He told me that there was a little eight-year-old boy that had said that Nick, or not Nick, that someone had went into the floodwater. And huh. I asked him if he could introduce me to the little boy's parents, you know, of course, first, and then, you know, so I could talk to him. Yeah. But the little boy had never been produced. My niece lived over there. Nobody ever talked about it over there. And it's an apartment complex. You know, everybody talks. Yeah. And if somebody had heard that and there was someone missing, you know, it would have been big talk. So that never went anywhere. All right. So do you believe uh, when he told you this story, is this the, the time you went over there and Joey was there too? Yes. Or, or So the, the, the three of you are there and uh, Jonathan just said, yeah, this, well, this, you know, little kid told me that he saw somebody go into the flood water. Yeah, he, he said he told him or that he heard that the little kid okay. you know, had said it, one of the two, but it came from him, yes. Okay, uh, but this uh, this child never tracked down in the last 18 years? No. All right, and since then, has Jonathan ever brought this particular story up again? Mm. To your knowledge? Uh, recently, yeah. Recently, and we'll talk about uh, things... Uh, that have been gone on, that have gone on recently. All right, so he, this child could be telling the truth, but it would be nice if we would have, you would have been able to track this child down, right? Well, the recently it was just a someone too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you know? All right. Did you uh, tell the police about Jonathan's statement? Do you know if the an investigator, police officer, went door to door in that complex looking for this child? Do you know if that ever happened? I do not know if they did, but I, yes, I told them. Okay. When, when Jonathan said that, did, uh, do you get the feeling uh, that Joey knew this story as well, or is, was the, do you think it was news to Joey as well? Well, he didn't say anything. He didn't mm-hmm. vouch for the story or anything like that, so I can't say for certain yes or no, but, okay. you know, Okay. With him not vouching or saying anything, it kind of made me think that maybe that was first he was here. Okay. Um, So this is Jonathan's story exclusively? Yes. Okay. What about Holly and this friend of hers, hers, Bree? Do you know, um, have you ever spoken to them about Nicholas's disappearance? Has uh, anybody in a position of authority, like an investigator... Uh, ever spoken to them regarding uh, Nicholas's disappearance? What have they said? Um, I don't know if anybody, if any authority has spoke to him or not, but I was at my niece's house on one of the many occasions that I went over to just, you know, so everybody knew I was still looking mm-hmm. during that summer. And it was right at the beginning of when we found out Nick was missing. And Holly had went into, had pulled in, Holly and Bree had pulled in front of the apartment. And I seen her and I said, hey, Holly, it's me, Nikki. I want to talk to you. 
and she took off running around the apartment into the back door. I've never spoke to her. Okay. All right. And it should be known that Holly is still alive 18 years later, but you've had no conversations with her in the last 18 years. No. All right. Do you know of anybody else in your family? Uh, Jeremy, uh, of course, Nicholas's brother. Uh, Anita, Nicholas's mother. Uh, have they ever attempted to talk to her? Um, has she ever reached out to them? Do you have knowledge of any of that? No, not right. that I know of. Okay. Um, do you happen to know, um, if Holly and, and Jonathan, uh, continued to be an item after that? Uh, I just thought, you know, explicitly, did they get married or was this just a short term fling? Do we know anything about that? It, it was nothing that carried on in the future, no. Okay. So she, uh, if that had an opportunity, maybe if that's not what happened in the house, maybe she would then have an opportunity to change that story. But to your knowledge, she's never has. No. Okay. Not that I know of. Okay. Now let's um let's move on to this. Being that we have spoken about Jonathan, we've spoken about Joey, and in two thousand three terms, um, over the past eighteen years, how much interaction have you had with either of them, specifically regarding Nick's uh, disappearance? Um. Uh, being, you know, the Joey is friends with him. Joey check in once in a while if there's any news. But over the last 18 years, how much interaction have you personally had with Joey and Jonathan? Okay. Um, it would have been 10 or 12 years ago okay. in that time frame that she had put a topics or a discussion up on topics about Nick. And, you know, people were commenting, right, you know, all kinds of stuff. But, Joey and Jonathan's names kept getting mentioned. So I had got on there and told him, you know, if anybody wanted to tell me anything that will help, this is my telephone number. This is where I work. If I'm not there, they'll tell me. Um, if you want to remain anonymous, that's fine. Just let me, just come talk to me. And Joey didn't live in, in this county or anymore. I'm not even sure if he lives in his stayed at that time. I'm pretty sure he didn't. Okay. And he had been visiting and some, some of his friends had seen the topics and told him that his name was on it. And he got on there and looked and saw where I'd put my information on there. And he made a point to come to the pizza hut and talk to me. Wow. He, he showed up in person. Didn't just call you. He showed yes. up in person. Well, he showed up one day and I wasn't there mm -hmm. and he left a message and I called him and he came down to talk to me. Wow. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's a stand-up guy showing up to talk to you in person. I have to admit that. You, you know, especially being yes. that he didn't live in the area. Uh, and, and if you can say, what was that conversation about? It, you know, I, I, I just asked him if he, you know, in hindsight remembered anything. or mm -hmm. And he told me the same thing that he told me back then. Okay. At any point, I, and I have to ask this, at any point... Did he ever say, you know what, I think Jonathan's lying about what happened that day? He did say that there was one instance where Jonathan was sitting by a tree and kept saying something, but I can't remember exactly what he was. He said he was saying. He said, and I don't even know if, it, if I'm just, you know, thinking too much about it or what, but he mm -hmm. said it kind of made me think in hindsight, why was he doing that? Okay, I'll just add, specific, specifically though, 
Did Joey ever say that he thought maybe the story that Jonathan, of course, Holly and Bree are there too. It's not just one person's story. Uh, has right. he ever said, you know what? I don't think that's what happened that day. Has he ever explicitly he's, said that? He's never said that he thought anybody did anything. Okay. He just he just knows what he knows. And of course, like I said, he was upstairs. So Okay. So I guess that we can then take for granted, even though Joey and Jonathan were roommates, that somewhere down the road in a moment of weakness, Jonathan didn't say to him, you know what, that story that I was telling about Nicholas going missing, that's not really what happened. I, I guess we have to take for granted that he never did that. No. Okay. All right, so Jonathan, and in fact, uh, you've had conversations with, with Joey up until just the last few days, correct? Right. Okay. Yeah, he's staying in constant contact. Okay. And uh, just like, though, in 2003, uh, he still has really no idea what happened to Nicholas. No. Okay. All right. Um, but with Jonathan, um, it's been a little different situation, I guess. We'll just leave it at that. And once again, we only want to talk about things that he has publicly um, stated and put out there on social media. We're not going to discuss anything that he wrote to you personally because um, we don't know if he would want those things to get out. So we're just going to go by what he has stated publicly. And um, even, once again, just like you've had interactions with Joey recently, Jonathan has posted things recently about Nicholas' dis Nicholas's disappearance. And I will be posting those so everybody can see, but just in a general sense... Uh, what is Jonathan's attitude 18 years later? He still attests to he heard the door slam and never saw him again. Mm -hmm. But he claims in these public posts that he was his best friend and he was his brother. And mm -hmm. that, to my knowledge, was not the relationship they had. Okay. And on social media, I also called him out on that. So. Mm-hmm. And once again, publicly, if you, if you, and once again, we don't want to get into any private stuff, but publicly, right. um, is he once again, still sticking to the story? He didn't have anything to do with it. And very well mate, we're not saying that he did, but I guess what we're saying is he has been a little, maybe a little bit, um, more energetic and confrontational regarding all of this than Joey has. Yes. Would that be an accurate statement? Yes. Okay. Um, so once again, what, what has he posted, uh, I think even on the, the, the Facebook page for Nick's disappearance, I mean, he's been, he's written a lot there. Mm-hmm, yes. Okay. Um, would you say that these are positive statements that he is making, or uh, how would you portray them? Well... The thing about the statements he's making is mm -hmm. that up until very recent, he has not talked to any of us since mm -hmm. 2003. Okay. And would not talk to any of us. And he has stated that um, on public media or social media that yeah. um, it is harassment. Huh. Okay. And in fact... He made a statement, something to the fact, you know, nobody's ever tried to talk to me about Nicholas's disappearance, but you insist 
on the other hand, that you and other people in your family have tried to talk to him, and he hasn't wanted to talk. Yes. All right. So you're, in your opinion, once again, just your opinion, of course, Jonathan has a different opinion. I will post the statement so people can judge for themselves. Um, your opinion is that what he's posting there is not accurate. Exactly, yes. Okay. So he said, once again, he's saying that you're saying that your family has had no interaction despite you wanting to talk to him about Nick's disappearance, and he's saying that nobody's ever bothered to talk to him about Nick's disappearance. Correct. Okay. All right, and I will just post all of that. Uh, all of you now listening, you'll be able to find that on um, in the Facebook group, on face, uh, Facebook, uh, the Facebook page. I will also be posting uh, his comments uh, if he doesn't delete them before I get to them, uh, on the uh, website, theunfoundpodcast.com. I'll get my assistant, Natasha, to post them there on the page for Nick's disappearance. All right, so, and that's all we're going to do uh, to talk about uh, Jonathan. Once again, we're not using his last name, but I know uh, people will be able to uh, track that down. You've mentioned to me uh, a little bit of help that you've had from a woman uh, named Heather. Why don't we talk about her a little bit? What kind of um, help has she given you over these over the years? Um, she's put next story on um, other missing person sites. Um, she's also helped me trying to uh, figure get him on name as um, the website and mm-hmm. you know try to match him with. Um, unidentified bodies on there and she also got me in contact with some people that were doing a um how i don't know what you call it i'm pretty sure there was a new bill going into act at the capitol and they were having you know people that had missing persons in their family the pictures and you know getting their names out and it was actually the first time nick was on the news wow and when did that happen? Oh, goodness. That was, um, I want to say, three years ago. All right, so fairly recently. Yeah. Okay. How, did, how, did, how do you think that she became to get involved in this? Uh, why did she take an interest in Nick's case? Uh, what, what drew her attention to it? She knew Nick when he was younger. Oh, did she? Um, okay. Yeah, I think that she said that some young relative of hers and Nick, when they were like middle school age or something like that, were dating, you know, and he would call the house and there were times that she'd answered the phone and, you know, she, she's a, she, she's, she said she's an advocate for missing people Mm -hmm. and she, you know, always posting and getting the word out and stuff about different disappearances and stuff. Okay. All right. And she found, she knew Nick, uh, uh, many, many years ago. She gets in contact with you and, uh, has she continued, uh, to work with you on this? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Okay. So, uh, it's good to have somebody like that, um, you know, coming on board, uh, regarding this, uh, how much I sh- maybe I should ask you this: uh, When he went missing, uh, did it get a lot of local attention in in, in uh, the news? No, it didn't. 
No, there was one small article um, in the newspaper one time. Okay. But then all, and all of a that sudden... that can be found on the next page also. Okay. But then here, uh, like you said, within the last few years, um, Heather's helped change that. Yes. Okay. Now, you should know, uh, the listeners should know, that being that we did talk about uh, this creek, we talked about a body of water, there are, uh, uh, there was uh, some unidentified remains uh, that were found now down near the city of Charleston, which I guess if you follow the bodies, uh, the streams and creeks and rivers of West Virginia from Ripley, West Virginia to Charleston, you can get there, you know, you can get to Charleston from Ripley uh, on the waterways. Um, when did you find out about these unidentified remains? Do you know if they've ever been tested against Nick's DNA? Uh, how did you first hear about them? Um, actually, uh, Joey had come across the, um, oh, goodness, had come across the, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Oh, the page? The posting on the, of this unidentified body. Okay. And he told me about it, and that's when I got on there, because I didn't know anything about Navis. Okay. And uh, I've, I've contacted Namus. I've contacted the state medical examiner's office, mm -hmm. and they said that I needed to get dental records or have DNA done, and my sister did do a DNA profile. Okay. And how long? Like a year when, ago. Uh, like a year ago. Okay. When were when were you first alerted uh, to these? When did Joey first come across those and let you know about them? Um, about four years ago. All right, so it's been four years. Okay. Okay, and I will go through that maybe with the listeners afterwards a little more in depth regarding this. But to your knowledge, um, does the time frame, in your opinion, kind of fit? You know, yes, it was a month later. It was a month that the later was that the remains were found. A month after uh, Nick went missing, um, I do know that there have been a, there's been a description of like what the this uh, the remains, the clothes that were on the remains. Uh, do you think they go along with the clothes that Nick could have been wearing? <laughs> the the clothes that were on the remains really uh, no. I mean, they don't make good sense. Because it sounded like the person had on everything they owned, okay. and everything Nick owned was still at Jeremy's. Okay. But I, I don't, I don't know. But okay. the the body, the weight, the height, the age, that all sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. The clothes but is the only thing that's weird. The clothes, though, uh, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, and in fact, I think uh, although I don't have it in front of me, I think it said that uh, the remains had. Two mismatching socks. Yes. Okay. Which that would have been right. I mean, Nick never really cared about. Oh, right. So that matching. that so that is something maybe that Nick would have done. Yes. Okay. All right, and I will link to that, listeners. Once they hear our voices, I will have linked to that that page on the name of site, and they can uh, judge it for themselves. All right. So maybe, maybe as um, there is a possibility, he walked off. For some reason, ended up in, in this uh, creek that was overflowing. It gets taken downstream, and one way or the other, 
in, into a river that then runs uh, down to the Charleston area. However, the listeners will see that Charleston is not right down the street uh, from Ripley. No. So it, uh, you know, but once again, the listeners are going uh, to, you know, decide for themselves. I guess what's most important about this is that the remains were found 18 years ago. They haven't been put with anybody. You know, okay. so somebody's missing out there, and it's somebody's remains. If it's not Nick's, it's somebody else's. So right. uh, maybe just drawing attention to it. Uh, and if it's not Nick, you know, maybe that'll help somebody else find out, you know, their missing loved one who it is. You know, they, they can get yes, a resolution. because the remains are still in the state medical examiner's office is what I was told by the lady in the office. Okay. And you should know, uh, as we found out, unfortunately, on Unfound, on Unfound, that DNA testing takes a lot longer uh, than you'd think. It's not like the TV shows where they get it in, like, you know, hours. Um, mm -hmm. Even in situations where remains were found in a much uh, quicker way, much more controlled way, it still... Uh, takes a while uh, for it all to come together. So being that the DNA was taken from Nick's mother a year ago, maybe they still don't have an answer. I, I can't say that I'm surprised by that. So that's... Well, the only thing they're saying, the last thing my sister said she was told was that they have to have DNA from his father while his father's gone. And his huh. father's family's in North Carolina. And I don't know what all's going on with that, but... Could they not get? Yeah, uh, could they not get DNA from Jeremy? It's they don't have the same father. Oh, they don't. Okay. No. All right. So maybe there is some sort of complication there. Uh, is there not anything left of um, Nick's anywhere? Of course, it's been once again eighteen years that might have had his DNA on it. Nothing like that. The only thing I knew of was that shirt that I talked to you about, about being on that wall over yeah. there because I made them give it to me. Mm -hmm. And it did look like it had vomit on it. But mm -hmm. unfortunately, I had a house fire. Oh, my. And when I first got the shirt, I asked the police officer that was in charge of it in the sheriff's department if they wanted the shirt because I immediately put it in a Ziploc baggie, didn't let nobody touch it, you know. And because it would have already been contaminated, period, anyway, from them having it there. But they didn't want it either. So, you know, I kept it all these years and then the fire oh got my. it. Oh, my. What about the items that would have been at Jeremy's house? He did not save those? I'm not sure what happened to all that stuff. I'm sure he didn't throw it out, but okay. he's moved numerous times since then. So, yeah. Because there might have been, if you had a brush, a comb, you know, uh, hair can be a good uh, source of DNA uh, as long as you get the root of it. Um, right. But we don't know uh, if anything like that was saved. Oh, and another thing about that I found out through all this. Yeah. And I didn't realize they did this was that after so many years, a dentist's office will purge your file. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, you know, it'd be a good thing to maybe have dental records you're you know somewhere other than the dentist's office for yeah. other people yep that makes sense I, you know dentist is if somebody doesn't come back after so many years they're not going to just let the file sit there of course these days right. all everything's electronic maybe back in the early 2000s i'm not sure so sure but uh, well at least not here they were yeah <laughs> yeah okay
So right what, down to the police report digital in. Okay. So how did you, of course, you are the guest uh, for this episode. Um, Jeremy isn't. Uh, Nicholas's mother, Anita, isn't. Uh, how did you become like the point person for all of this, Nikki? Uh, it, it's just, I mean, I, I don't know that, that I became that. It's just, I'm just, it, I'm so adamant. I just want to find him mm-hmm. so bad. Mm-hmm. One way or the other. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even if he, even if he did just up and disappear and doesn't want to talk to us. I just want to know he's okay. Yeah. You know, and, and it just eats at me. <laughs> right. And you've told me that his mother, um, still, um, of course takes this very hard, hard for her to talk about it. Yeah. And I mean, mm-hmm. I just try to protect her, you know, mm-hmm. as best I can. I mean, I will tell her about the podcast, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to tell her beforehand and, mm-hmm. you know, Okay. Uh, all right. And uh, what overall would you say your your assessment of uh, Nick's disappearance? Um, how ha- hard has it been on the family as a whole? Um, how much how much does his name come up? You know, other than talking about his disappearance and anything that's going on. I mean, you know, when you have family get-togethers, how often does his name come up? It, it, it comes up all the time. I mean especially with between me and my sister and and me and Jeremy, you know, and there's pictures of him and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's 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 hard. Yeah. It's to not knowing. Right. Right. And you sit and you worry that you know is he okay? Is he gone? If he's not gone, is he hurt somewhere? You know, there's just so many what ifs. When you've talked to uh, Joey, being that it sounds to me, once again, neither of us were there, but it sounds to me like the way it has been portrayed is that uh, Nick wanted to talk to Joey about something, you know, that was important. And, you know, when when Joey said, you know what, we can talk about this later, I'm going to take a nap. It's, uh, you get that feeling that, uh, you know, Nick, you know, needed somebody to talk to. And when his friend didn't want to talk to him, he decided to storm off or something. That happens. You know, it, it, is that, is that a sense you get, you know, when you were told about this 18 years ago or, or what? Yeah. I mean, uh, I could see Nick getting, you know, his feelings hurt and, Mm -hmm. you know, but also Joey has talked to me about that and he's like, he would give anything to change. Well, almost anything, of course not, you know, children or anything, but yeah. he'd give it almost anything to change that moment. Yeah. To just, uh, taking a few moments. Well, Hey Nick, what do you want to talk about? Right. All right. Okay. Uh, I, I do know, but we'll, I'm going to ask you anyway, uh, what is the uh, Facebook page that is set up for Nicholas's disappearance? Why don't we talk about that right now? It's called Justice for Nick Shin on um, Facebook. Okay. And uh, this is the place where Jonathan has written those posts that we talked yes. about? Yes. All right, it is. So people can go there. 
uh, to find it for themselves, but I will also be copying those statements, some of the most recent ones. Once again, they are public and posting them in mm -hmm. our own page, our own group, and on the uh, website so people can judge it for themselves. And I just want everybody to remember is that uh, Jonathan was not alone. There are other people, this Bree, this Holly, who were also there, and they have seemingly stuck to the same story that Jonathan is. I know there's going to be, you know, suspicious of him, but uh, I think if you're going to be suspicious of him, then you have to be suspicious of all of them. All right, let's not just single him out. Everybody's going to come to their own conclusions, but it seems right. to me that this is a, a not a single story. This is a group story. All right, this is a group story, even though it's Jonathan is one uh, who seems to be the uh, the leader for that story. These other people have never come forward to say, no, Jonathan is lying. And so I, I want everybody uh, to remember that. Nikki, mm -hmm. any uh, final words before we complete this interview? Just if anybody that hears this has any information that they want to tell me, whether they think it's nothing or if they think it's huge, I don't care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm on I'm on the the Justice for Next Gen site. You'll see my name on there. Send me a message, and I'll be willing to talk to anyone. Okay. And, uh, Nikki, we've been talking uh, uh, about Nick's disappearance for a while now, uh, going back to August of uh, 2021. In fact, we did this uh, interview on September 17th of 2021. But, but as I tell all the guests, I want to continue to be a resource for you. Anything comes up, anything you need an opinion on, you need somebody to talk to about something that's going on regarding, you know, somebody that's posted something, whether it's Joey, Jonathan, Jeremy, anybody else, uh, you need somebody's opinion on it. Um, you know, I'm your guy and any conversations we have, uh, of course, will be confidential. Okay. I want to, you, to do any, anything I can for you after this episode uh, comes out. And I appreciate you. You're very welcome. And I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. Thank you. You're welcome. And that was my September 17th, 2021 interview with Nikki Salser, aunt of Nicholas Shin. I thank her for joining me and all of you on this episode. I also produced a YouTube video for the Unfound podcast channel where I go through the locations and areas mentioned in the interview. Please check it out and give it a thumbs up. I would also ask you that you please consider subscribing to our channel. So, we have young love, a frenemy type of situation, possible drug use, a six-year-old who nobody is sure even exists, a nearby raging creek, and recent posts that don't go along with the facts of the last 18 years. Did I miss anything? I don't mean to be flippant. I take disappearances as seriously as anybody in the universe. But even I at some point have to say, enough complexity already. Yet, this is why I have said for five years now that disappearances are so much harder to understand and solve than murders. What do I mean? Well, we don't do theories on these episodes. 
However, I will gladly go through all the possible scenarios for Nicholas's disappearance. They are Nicholas overdosed and the group covered it up. He was murdered and the group covered it up. Nicholas really did walk off and ended up in the creek on purpose. Nicholas walked off and he ended up in the creek by accident. Nicholas walked off and started a new life. Nicholas walked off and somebody else not connected to the apartment harmed him. Nicholas walked off and died in the nearby woods by accident. Nicholas walked off and died in the nearby woods on purpose. That's at least eight plausible scenarios. Eight scenarios in which there are no facts to undermine any of them. Yes, you may attach different percentage chances to each depending on your own insight. However, factually, they are all possible. And, as we all know, it is not uncommon for many disappearances to have multiple believable scenarios. Maybe not eight, but at least four or five. Whereas with murders, although many do go unsolved, it is a rare occurrence where four or five or eight people can seriously be considered suspects. Oftentimes, it's more likely that the police know exactly who did it, but can't prove it. This is why disappearances are so much more difficult than murders. Missing persons cases usually have more possibilities and intricacies. Not to mention, as is the situation with many disappearances like Nicholas's, no crime might have been committed. Yet, police are still expected to try to solve them. What's the answer? We already have a database for some unsolved disappearances out there. It's called NamUs. What we also need, though, is a database for all the disappearances that got solved over a year after they occurred. This would give investigators and all of us a way to compare unsolved disappearances to solved ones by finding similarities between those and the unsolved ones and knowing how they actually got solved. We would then be able to attach percentage chances to the unsolved disappearances theories. This would then provide a blueprint to follow for all current investigations. For example, for Nicholas's case, if we knew of disappearances similar to his that were solved, and the percentages told us that 60% of the time the missing people were found in bodies of water, this would then hone the investigators' thinking for Nicholas's case. There would then be a lot less guessing. Most importantly, there would then be rational reasons, scientific reasons, to search the entire downstream area again and again. As a reminder, though, this is just an example. Until then, it will be complicated. I'll leave the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. 
I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Densel, and you've been listening to Unfound.